For everybody that is clicking on this episode, uh, that is checking this out, first off, thank you. Secondly, I want to give a good idea about what this episode is going to be. This is not necessarily a review of The Breakfast Club. This is not a, you know, oh, I did I like the movie or whatever, I'm going to give it a score. No, we both love and adore this <laughs> movie. Um, we've grown up with it for just, just no editing. We've, I'm trying to... Man, this I, last we watched this movie last night, and I've been thinking about things all day yeah. and the things that were coming up. And this movie is so powerful, and there's so much to talk about, and why this movie is just so damn good, and why I think that it is even relevant to this day. And John Hughes, oh, for sure, just did something amazing, not only with all of his films, but this one is so special because it's so unique. Because it's not, you know. Uh, the idea of, oh, like a family member is visiting or I'm trying to make it home for the holidays or like things like that. Like, no, dude, this is just kids that are stuck I, in detention. I would argue so simple. I would argue that it might be his like like most known or I'm going to say most known, but probably best film. Yeah, I know he's done a lot of films and that's uh, some <laughs> mighty words, but you're right. It's not some holiday special or whatever it is like, you know, all of those like um ones that tug at your heart like that. Like, no, mm -hmm. this was real shit. Like this was real life stuff that was happening. Yeah. So. Now, let me ask you this is that uh, if you guys hear a cat in the background, it's Ambrose. He's probably not going to shut up, but I'm just going to tune him <laughs> out. Usually if you ignore him for about 10 minutes, he yeah. Away. So, yeah. um, but nevertheless is that um, when I think about this movie and think about just the way that I grew up with it, because I honestly was very, very young when this movie was being shown in the house mm -hmm. and I, I was interested in it because kids were cussing. They're like, you know, I, I saw <laughs> right. you and my parents like laugh at it or whatever, where it's like, all right, cool. But as I got older, I started to understand that there's way more to this. And what I'm curious about is your perspective of like the age you were when you watched it, the first time that you watched it, the things it did to you. Like, I mean, like, what was it like experiencing the breakfast club at the age that you were? Because it's, I can't even fathom it. It's so, so different. I really don't, I, I couldn't say like an actual age because it's one of those movies that I think I just always remembered. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say it came out like either, I forget what year it came out. Like I wasn't that old or maybe just kind of born, but I remember watching it like basically when I can remember like just watching movies. Mm -hmm. So probably like, I don't know, five, four. Mm. And I remember it being a really good movie and I, and I don't actually don't understand why I liked it so much. Even as a kid, it is very adult, you know, like very, it, it's yeah. not like it does have funny moments, but it wasn't like this comedy or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It was weird that I enjoyed it, but I watched it over and over <laughs> again. And I wanted to be John Bender. Yeah. Like I wanted to fucking be John Bender. Well, cause even like we watched this movie last night and you know, as we said, this is not going to be a review. This is not going to be mm -hmm. you know, anything like that. This is kind of almost like an in-depth, almost kind of just conversation between brothers, you know, in that kind about, of way. About the movie, yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to me because this movie genuinely, like you're right, like it is very adult. There is a lot of like the jokes and stuff that Bender says and like how he's treating Molly Ring uh, Ringwald's character and everything like, yeah it's borderline harassing 
in that aspect of like some how, points. Yeah. Know, but what's interesting is that how they always reel it back where it's like, yes, like, you know, you get to see this, you know, almost ick and muck kind of come out. But in the same hand, yeah. there's these moments that I really feel that it was the director and the actor talking about, hey, this is what it says in the script. You're not going to say it. You're going to show it in body language. You're going to make certain yeah. things happen. Like rewatching this movie last night and being able to, you know, quote it the entire time. And like, you know, <laughs> poor have, Meg. Oh, dude, she was such a trooper, but she was quoting it uh, with us. Yeah, as well, she too. was. So, um, but man, it was just, it was crazy to see all those things. So yeah, like it's, it's a very adult film. And the fact that I think that it deals with essentially kids, it's it's kind of jarring in that way. Yeah. Like it's like, man, like, you know, especially John's story, and then you know, like you learn about everybody else too, which we're gonna get into, but it's man, like they really were kind of forced to kind of grow up a little quicker than everybody else in a way, or like mm -hmm. it kind of like displayed that. I mean, that's something that I definitely, you know, resonate with in a way, but it's so unique that it's from so many different perspectives. Yeah. And it's just yeah. it's so it's so crazy. So Getting into this, let's uh, talk about some specific characters. And I think that what's interesting, how you brought it up before, and I think it was on the villains podcast that we talked about this, was that we were talking about our favorite villains, like top five or whatever. And we said things like Thanos, the Joker, and like things like that. But what got brought up was the principal from the Breakfast Club. That was one of my villains. Yes. And it's and what's funny is that you know that he's essentially an asshole in the movie. Well, kind of. There's a bit of a process for him to get there. But it's like, man, like he really is the, you know, the antagonist. Like he's the one that even though he is the one that is keeping order and is correcting them, he becomes this thing. Like it's so weird. You know, the the reason so you're right the the reason i was i always stated that like you know he was the villain like like you said he he is the one that's supposed to be keeping order but he's a fucking dick and the thing is is that he while he he, you, he gets bored throughout the day you know just like them but like <laughs> yeah, yeah when he's you know, playing with his stuff but it's like he enjoys that power mm -hmm. but now he's got to sit through it as well i mean I guess the fact that, you know, maybe he was trying to get something out of Bender as far as like being an upstanding citizen, but mm -hmm. he wasn't, he, he knew Bender was a bully and kind of a fuck up. So he treated him like garbage, like yeah. just garbage. And it just, the, the fact that then he's downstairs reading the personal files, like the principal's fucking scum. He's like, Oh, the, no wonder he's so uh, fucked up. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's, and by the way, just, I think we should say this is that this is going to be a spoiler talk. Like we're going to talk about very, like very <laughs> yeah. uh, specific things and talk about the plot. So if you've not seen this movie and don't want it spoiled for you, mm -hmm. definitely uh, don't check it out. But if you have seen it and want to see the discussion, go for it. But yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's just the fact that like that, that always like stuck with me because it's supposed to be bender bender is supposed to be the bad guy he's yeah. you know he's the bad influence and stuff but you find out a lot about him yeah and the fact that we were actually talking about it last night when uh when he was bullying him in the in the one room when he took him after they uh like roamed the halls oh. and you could see it in him because now it was like almost like his dad like mom was saying where it's like there's somebody that's bigger than him and nobody's going to believe him if he does anything. No. And it's, I think that, I mean, we we're going to get definitely more into John, but it was this idea that I think that there's this beautiful irony to that. And that 
the principal essentially like like we have that moment where like when detention first kind of starts and he's like you know you know john he's like if you would apply yourself and do something you would be very surprised as to what you get and i think that that was kind of like his last shred of humanity in dealing with john because really like what this movie is is that we get to view eight hours into these characters lives and then we get nothing else yeah we don't know what it was like for uh for john for the past like three years or whatever or two right. years, depending on if he's like a sophomore or whatever like principal the principal has been dealing with him and i think that this is really what like broke broke everything like the straw mm-hmm. that broke the camel's back like after that is when he really starts to resort to more of like, you know, yeah, like he is inherently a dick, but now it's the, I'm not a principal anymore. I'm a man and I'm talking to you. And it's it's got that, you know, demeaning thing. And how crazy is it that when he finally snaps and has that moment with him, the principal doesn't understand what this is to, to John. Yes. And he keeps pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And it's like, Yes, he is an asshole, but he is somebody that's had enough. Like it's it's that idea where it's like you can probably come to hate him for some of the things that he's done, but ultimately he's doing this out of ignorance and desperation. Right. And it again does not justify his actions, but it's like there's so many things to these characters where it's like, no, like he probably is semi aware of his home life, but Yeah, but not like he has yeah. no idea like the like the kids end up finding out, you know, when you get that whole in depth thing. Yeah. That was actually one thing. You know, as seeing this movie at such a young age and growing up with it and watching it all the time, whether it just be on TV or repeat on a DVD or VHS, um, (laughs) uh, it it was the fact of there was a certain point when certain things started to make sense to me because I was a little more grown up and figured out and the cigar burn on him, like for a long time, I didn't understand what that was, like what was happening right there in that scene fully. Yeah. And then... Finally, one day it clicked. I'm like, oh, his dad's a fucking abusive dick. Like, he's just a prick. Like, and it's just like, that was his, like, that was his punishment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just like, it it took, some things took a little while to, like, kick in for me. But, dude, yeah, you're right. Like, he probably knew some things, but he didn't know all of that stuff. No, and it's... What's interesting is that as much as I despise the character, because like that just does nothing but just fuel my thermometer the entire time when he's doing that to John, because it's like, dude, like stop. Right. Like, it's like you made your point. You're locking him in a closet. Like we get this, you know, but what's interesting about the conversation that happens between the principal and the janitor later on when they're having beers and they're just like, finally, like you know, the janitor's like, all right, man. Yeah. He's like, I get what you're doing. You know, it's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Give me, give me 50 bucks, yeah, you 50 know? bucks. Yeah. And <laughs> when, when uh, he talks about it where he's like, man, he's like, I've been teaching for what was it? 22 years. Something like that. Yeah. And he says, you know, man, like, you know, these kids, you know, every year they get worse and they get worse. And he's like, nah, man, they <laughs> didn't change. You did. Yeah. And that's kind of the truth. But then there was that other line that he says after he's like, what wakes me up in the middle of the night that when I grow old, these kids are going to take care of me. And he's like, don't count on it, man. Like, especially you, like I, I never understood if it was supposed to be, I think I do, but if it was supposed to be like, no, don't count on it. They're not going to take care of anybody. Or if he meant like specifically him, no, like, right, right. It's like, no, they're not going to do that with you or for you at all. Yeah. It's yeah. But it's just, it's just the fact that like, dude, I like the, we could talk the whole night on the just the principal. Oh yes, yeah, and, and John. But like, no man, like there are there are things that like in that movie just I think the script alone 
there probably wasn't a whole lot that maybe they veered off of because I feel like that writing was so tight. Yeah, it's this is probably some of John Hughes best writing and and like in how these conversations happen, because again, like there are moments of action in this film, you Mm -hmm. know, like when they're running through the halls and like, they're trying to get, you know, get the weed and like all that stuff. Like, don't you want to hear my excuse? Yeah. Right. Uh, (laughs) Which again, like the whole, he's where John's wearing, we're one shoe. We're we're motioning into John now, but um, it's like, yeah, that, that whole idea where, isn't it interesting that was it you or mom that brought it up where it was just like, no, nah, dude, John sacrificed himself. I would well, no, I did. Was I was like, okay, where yeah, the fact yeah. where he's like, no, just me mm-hmm. because I want to be an Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the fact that he also knew it wouldn't be out of character for him to be the one roaming the halls and doing all this stuff mm-hmm. because everybody else was going to sit and do what they're supposed to do. Essentially, you know, he, the, the principal knows enough about them to know that at least. And so did John. Right. And the fact that they didn't listen to John because, you know, it's like, why wouldn't you have listened to him? He knows this school back and forth like that. Right. You know? So, but yeah, the fact that he did, he sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. And then you brought up the fact that if it wouldn't have been for John, they wouldn't have been able to have the day that they did with the door being closed. Dude, this is, I love this so much because if like when you're coming into this movie for the first time, and that's really what I tried to do when we rewatched it was like, look, I need to strip myself of all the events that I know that are going to happen. I need to take this in as an adult properly. And I need to like, not be like, Oh, let's celebrate it. It's like, no, like let the story unfold. Yeah. Let me see how this feels like with the pacing and stuff. And besides maybe a couple of moments where I was like, all right, like, dude, we get it. You don't have to pile on all this stuff or whatever. Like the pacing of the movie is very, very good. It is. And it, this movie only works because of John Bender. I was just about to say like, he's kind of almost the backbone then because of that. Like you said, so it's what's interesting is like, he's like, like you said, he's the one like, you know, that gets the door shut. And after many failed attempts, like, you know, the principal just like, you know, loses it or whatever. And, it's like, he's the reason why, you know, they get to smoke weed and why they get to hang out and they all bond and they yep. do this thing. Like, right. It's, you know, even, uh, like later on, like whenever like they're having their fun moments and stuff. And like, when he does chime in, like you're starting to see that John is kind of softening a little bit here. Like, you know, he has yeah. his abrasive moments, especially with the cigar. And like when he like, you know, goes off onto the staircase and like has his moment, but we see that he does come back to the group. He sits in the desk. Mm-hmm. They end up whistling or like they're doing their thing. The, the whole like, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it, but the whole like song I, they do. I that, forget what it's called. Too, yeah, yeah. It's, dude, as a kid, that was the moment that I would like fast forward to to okay, watch. Because okay. it was so, on a, again, on, not over here on a VHS, it's all a new setup. <laughs> but um, man, it's just John's character is so awesome. And I think that nobody else besides Judd Nelson could have done that. Mm -hmm. Like he just, he had that way about him where it's like, yeah, like he is this good looking dude or whatever. So it makes sense as to why he was maybe, you know, able to have so many girlfriends or so many people Mm -hmm. that he was uh, sleeping with or hanging out with. But in the same hand is that he is tough. And right. I think that the moment that um, is really big for me that we were kind of telling Meg about it, where it was like, do you know what happens to the knife? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's this, it's this wonderful moment where like as a kid, I used to think that it was the bully getting bested and then just trying to find a way out when he's like, I don't want to get into this with you, man. Yeah. And he's like, cause I'll kill you. And it's like, you know, cause that's something that people just say. And then he does take out out it right where it's like, no, Andrew, I will kill you. Like if this keeps going and you piss me off enough, I will not be holding back. Right. And and that, I think that that adds a level of, 
deepness into his character where I think even Andrew had that moment of, oh shit. And, yes. and then uh, Ali Sheedy's uh, character reaches into the frame and grabs the knife. So there was, yeah. A, so yeah, there's actually two points to that where I, I always thought was interesting. We were talking about last night because not only is she a klepto, so she stole the knife, mm. but she also de-escalated the situation completely right there because now he can't stab anybody. Right. Yeah. So, and it's like, where the fuck did my knife? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't talk, sir. <laughs> no. Just, yeah. That, so that was <laughs> something that I think a lot of people actually missed for a long time. But like, I mm. remember remembering that like quite early on as far as like, oh, she stole it. Like, what, What's interesting is that uh, recently as I've been, you know, watching more and more movie reactors is that I didn't notice the knife being grabbed until like maybe a couple weeks ago. No shit, dude. It's like, even what was the couple of moments was uh, the two things that made it onto TV that they don't bleep out or that they don't cover up. It's uh, when it's yeah. when after they um, that's very clever, sir. But what if there's a fire? What are you doing? Get these out of here. And he starts <laughs> bitching at Andrew because he was like, I expect a little more out of a varsity letterman. Yeah. And he sits down and he gives him the finger like underneath his other hand, mm -hmm. but it comes up for a second. So like on TBS and like USA, they never cut that out. I don't know if they just didn't see it or what. Then it's a few minutes later when he goes through all of that shit with like giving him all the detentions mm -hmm. and he screams, fuck you. And when he walks out and even the principal is just like, <sighs> and then yeah. Bender puts his head down and he goes, fuck. They never cut it out like right. because he whispered. I don't know. Again, maybe the, their algorithm just missed all that shit. I think it for years it was always in there. It it honestly could just be one of those things where it's like when you look at mistakes in movies, like in general, like when we've talked about it, like the continuity of like somebody's cigarette, you know, in, in different shots changing or, or like, like the you know, amount of liquid in their glass. Correct. Yeah. Or, and then there's movies where there's no liquid in a glass that they're using. <laughs> like when somebody has a Starbucks coffee cup and they're doing this and talking, that is an empty cup. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, <laughs> guys, if you are a filmmaker and if you want to be very realistic with your movies for the love of God, put something in your actor's <laughs> cup when they're acting because it's going to make it feel way more grounded. But mm -hmm. man, it's just, it's insane to me just like how everything worked and came together. It's just like, cause even in spite of that, it's like that stuff made it onto TV and nobody raised hell about it. It was like, cause this movie is so natural and how everything goes where it's like, I think that in a way, if you know, it's like when you watch it, when it's edited, it loses its impact. Like it's like I was I was yeah. just about to say the fact that this is one of those movies I have always said that the swearing is what makes the movie. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be super cuss words and you know a vulgar all of the time, but there are just sometimes when the word fuck comes across the way it needs to when you're talking in a sentence or like whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, with certain swear words, when it's done correctly, mm-hmm. There's something powerful about it. And mom has always agreed. Almost everybody that I've talked to, I'm like, when you watch it edited, it doesn't hit the same. No, it's the, the it, yeah. feeling is behind all of these words. Yeah. So that is the like one of the few that's like, no, I need all the motherfucks in this. Right. So. It's well, I mean, again, I think it kind of just adds into that adultness of, of everybody is that, you know, while the principal is there. You know, everybody excluding, you know, Bender, you know, they're being as proper as they can be. Yes. Or even when they do retaliate, I don't think that they ever cuss at him. John Bender is the only one that does. Yeah. And it's yeah. like when, again, it goes back into like kind of like what we're going to talk about with the ending and ultimately the big reveal of everything is that 
they understand that they're way more similar than they thought. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, like everybody identifies with one of these people growing up. Like, obviously I identified with Brian, like, you know, being weird and like, you know, like, you know, maybe being awkward and like, I'm still awkward to this day. Like there's a lot of things that he does in that movie that I look back or look back on. And it's like almost looking into a mirror and I'm like, Mm, Oh my God, like, dude, dude, John Hughes, well done. You know, so it's like, I couldn't have done that even, and I'm me and I couldn't have written me that way, you know? So, um, moving forward is that, uh, we got to talk about Claire. Okay. Claire is an interesting character, especially because mom said something last night that I did not know. And I I should have looked up the trailer because, you know, it's like, we don't think about these old movies and like how they were shown for theater release and stuff. But it's, it's one of the best moments that she has with Ali Sheedy's character when, she's doing her makeup and Allie's like, why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me because you're letting me. And it's so interesting that somebody who is in popular status as her even had that moment of this is nice. Like I can just sit with this, you know, this person that, you know, maybe I would like my friends would make fun of or whatever, but it's like, right. she's, she does open up in the circle and she's like, you don't understand what it's like to have the friends that we do. Like, peer pressure and everything in high school, especially being that young, I understand. Oh yeah. But it's like, man, like for her to experience that with, with her, it's just, it's so beautiful. And ultimately what, you know, comes from that Mm -hmm. and you know how it influences Andrew and everything like that. Like it's just, man, Claire's character, especially like, you know, when she opens up about her parents and, you know, she's being very real, like, well, you know, I can't do this because my mom, but I should do this because of my dad. Allison. Yeah. It's just, it's this is like, ha, Right, you, you know, and yeah, it's, it's the, the whole it's, fact of like, oh, you just wonder if you're feeling sorry, but yeah, so yeah. that's that 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 scene right there, like you're you're right, it does open up a lot because you're hearing a, a lot about Claire and you're getting her backstory, but then there's like this also kind of like spoiled rich girl thing happening as well. Right, I mean, my God, she calls she has, her out. She has sushi she for brings, lunch. So yeah, so yeah, 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 dude, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Who brings sushi to fucking lunch? It's dude. I'm the more and more that I watch the film and I see Claire's scenes is that you really don't see her hit her breaking point until the circle of like, right. like, you know, cause I mean, Bender had his breaking point near the beginning about the abuse and, you know, Brian, his definitely comes after Claire and, you know, Allie like has her thing too. Like, but Claire's breaking point and it's something that is so shitty that I'm sure kids probably even still do to this day where it's like, you haven't had sex, you're a prude, but if you do, you're a slut. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's that double-edged sword thing. Like how, uh, how she says it. And it's like, man, and the way she just unleashed, like, no, I've never done it. Okay. I never did it. Like, and it's like, it's that she's finally just over it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realize it's like, okay, is she a tease or is she just this girl that has been thrown into this situation yeah. because of the parents that she has. Yeah. And she's had to just deal with it and she's reaped the good things of it that she doesn't get picked on and she doesn't have to worry about that sure. stuff. But isn't it interesting that in such a high status as her, Andrew included, they're both still miserable. Right. It's, it's it, it, again, they, all the kids are in this movie. It's so well, weird. So like keeping on um, with Claire and the fact of, like you said, you know, you do see the fact that I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, she was a virgin because when Bender's talking to her and she's sitting there on, you know, the stuff that he's saying to her and she's getting uncomfortable <laughs> that it's like, she doesn't know how to respond. And then it's kind of like, why were they really talking about that later? Then they clearly know she hasn't had sex in right. my opinion. Yeah. But like you said, it was that breaking point for her. And then, you know, talking about her friends, but you're right. 
the her status has kept her from being like you know picked on in the nerd and all this stuff and then yeah kind of transferring into andrew is that i don't know his was quite sad as well because he's like i'm just the workhorse yeah like i'm i'm not even interested in what i'm doing i just get picked because i'm i got strength and speed you know and it's like he's like that's you know how involved i am in all this it's like he doesn't give a shit he doesn't care like and you know the the funny thing is you think that you know stereotypical that him and Claire are going to get together but like yeah. it was kind of like one of the first original right hooks where they didn't in a movie. Yes. I mean at least from what I saw mm-hmm. it's like oh the 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 jock got with the weird girl. <laughs> so yeah it's like I don't know man like this movie has so many things and I think the fact that everybody's character had such a like interesting backstory and very like, like you said, similar to each other. And they find that out about themselves, but it's like all of them are heartbreaking. Like yeah. they're heartbreaking. What's, well, I mean, even transitioning into Allison, like in the way that Andrew just looks at her and he's like, what did they do to you? Yeah. And it's cause he doesn't know what her problem is. He knows that she is very eccentric and she's, you know, said I'm a compulsive liar. I'm an infomaniac or yeah. all these things like whatever. And, just Allison's character is so interesting because we go from her studying everybody, even when she's walking with Andrew Yep, and she's trying to pick everybody out and diagnose them and be like, all right, I know exactly what's going on. And the fact that she didn't even need to be there, right? She could have left at any point in the day. She's had nothing better to do. And she got to experience finally another person talking to her. Cause she says it multiple times. I don't have any friends. Right. And for her to look at Andrew and when she wells up and she's just like, they ignore me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no wonder she doesn't have any friends. No wonder she is the way that she is. She has to make her own fun. No wonder her bag is full of everything right. she finds because she can't let any of it go. It's like, dude, it's, it's, it is heartbreaking. It's she's insane. almost like a forced basket case. Yes. Like made into one, like with no other option to do. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, is that again, for a while I was, I, I didn't, understand the fact that she didn't have to be there yeah and i'm just like you know and the one day i'm like oh my god like she just showed up because she had literally nothing but no no we're not laughing at you but it's just the fact of still how fucking sad is it that she'd rather go to detention yeah than be at home than be at home man yeah like dude like that's like again the writing in this movie is why it's why it's the best movie ever it's really like it has so much credence to it and it's just like Allison's character is, uh, I think that really like what this film does instead of car crashes and jumping off of buildings and things like that is that we get, you know, the whole scene of John Bender acting out his home life and like, you know, him like yeah. saying funny things. And um, I mean, there is physicality again with them running throughout the halls and then like even him in top of or on top of the uh, uh, roofing or whatever. And then he falls through it or whatever, yeah. like, the fact that she makes the lunch that she does is like, and when you know that she didn't need to be there, yeah. she brought everything she was going to need in case if she got hungry. Yeah. And it's like, everybody probably probably looks at that where it's like, Oh, like, well, she just made her lunch weird. It's like, no, that was probably just a snack she had in her bag. It's like, Oh, it's lunchtime. Yeah. Oh, I got, I, I've got that. Like, and it's just, man, like it is, it's so interesting. Like, I think that she's a character that you could truly dissect and do so much like studying on, on like, you know, the way she speaks, what she Mm -hmm. says, the amount of time it takes for her to even say something like, it's just, 
Allison's character is beautiful, not only physically, but also inside too. And I think that that's what people really would miss about her with being, you know, her peer is that it's like, no, do you like, you know, she really does have a genuine nature to her. She's lashing out because of the bullshit she's gone yes. through. And it's knowing that. And with Andrew's story, like Andrew's final, like, you know, moment of this is really why I'm here. Yeah. That, and the fact that it's all one continuous shot and it's just this just go, ten- going around him, just this tension is just being built this entire time. And when he's just like, yeah, he's like, he has to go home to his father and explain, and explain to, him. to him what I, what I did to him. And he's yep. like, how do you apologize for something like that? Right. Like, it's just like, it's, you really see that even from the beginning, when Andrew was in the car with his dad, that he is like, just done. Like, yeah. It's, and it's like, he just, it's like, I'll play my part and do what I got to mm-hmm. do, but I'm, I'm done being your puppet or whatever. Like I, I will do just enough. Yep. And, and that's, it's just, Oh, the, the fact, like I actually kind of lightweight knew somebody like that, uh, growing up. And the fact that from what I understood, they were really not into playing football and basketball and all these things, but it was kind of like an Andrew. They, they were fast. They were accurate. They were this, they were built like, and he could have gave two shits. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, we went with that whole scenario of like why you find out he's there and all that stuff, like the fact that he had that remorse to him kind of just showed you where it was like, you're right. He was he's done with this and he doesn't like this. He hates being a jock. Yeah. He fuck he had like he has to do those things. Yeah. Because he's strong, he's weak, you know, or whatever. And it's just like the stereotypes that were in this movie were real and they still are real. Yeah. I think the eighties, nineties and two thousands had a little bit more of that stereotype that was actually happening in schools. Like, I don't know what it's like now, but I know that that was real stuff. Like all of those characters were real people that I knew in real life, essentially. Yes. So, um, dude, we can't get through this without talking about Brian, because Mm -hmm. I think Brian is the true, left hook that nobody like especially you know the people that are with him in the room but also the audience to find out why he is in detention and, and you know the the, oh, the, it, the funny thing is is that i don't mean to cut you off no, but the, no, funny, the funny thing is is that why he was there and the story that he tells might be ridiculous to some people and it's like sure it was because he was failing shop Mm-hmm. Okay, why do you want to kill yourself because you're and it's because he got an F. Yeah. To be to to have that lifestyle and to be like to be put on that kind of pedestal is just the same as being the popular girl. Yeah. Being the jock. Like it's the it might have been a ridiculous reason for people to think why he wanted to do or why he was there, but it was a real reason for him. Yes. And he couldn't deal with it like at all. And it's like the I fact can't that, have an F. And that, like, and that, and that, you know, the little joke came through where it's like, have you seen some of the dopes that take shop? I take shop. Yeah. Where right. it's like, he's like, I couldn't even pass this class. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So it's just the, the perspective that was put on him and like how to be is just as bad as everybody else's. Yes. Sometimes maybe even worse when it comes to stuff like that, because they have to be perfect yeah. all the time and in their parents' eyes. 
His mom wanted him to fucking figure out a way to study while he was there and he wasn't even supposed to. Right. She's like, well, you find a fucking way, basically. Yeah, it's like, we're supposed to sit there and do nothing. It's yeah. detention. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's just... It's ridiculous. <laughs> what I think stands out to me the most, and I've had my moments in high school, like whenever I've been, you know, bullied, or more so middle school, because it's weird how that changes when it's like in middle school, that's like the worst time to be a kid. And then like when you then cross over into the, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm in my freshman year. Yeah. Like that's kind of when things tend to calm down, or at least they did for my situation. I get everybody has a different, you know, kind of lifestyle in that aspect, but I've had my moments where somebody was, you know, saying something to me where it was like, nah, dude, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he says it to Claire and Claire has really been the only one. Well, not, not excluding Andrew, but it's like, when the whole uh, thing came up about his virginity and it's obviously why she was okay with him being a virgin because she's a virgin too. And right. like she stuck up for him in one of the most vulnerable moments, but for, for him to look at her and just be like, he's like, you don't think I don't understand pressure. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it like, and that's like, I think that's the moment that all of them were like, Whoa, like that's the first time he's lashed out at anybody. Yeah, like snapped. And for him to just go into the, the whole, I like the whole process of why he was there and, even approaching the idea that it's like, man, like you, like, and Andrew looks at him and he's like, why'd you have a gun in your locker? Yeah. Right. Right. And it's like, again, like the jock is now the one that is, you know, looking out for him. And it's like, like, Brian, what is, what is going on? And he's like, well, you brought it up, man. Right. Like, and it's like, talk to us. And what I love about what John Hughes did there was the fact that it is the darkest moment. I think that happens in that entire movie. But the irony was that it was a flare gun. Right. It's just, it's like, it went off of my locker. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's a hangar, no, it was a flare gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the fact of like, really? Like, oh, fuck. It's not funny. No, it's not. No, okay, it's, it's funny. Like, it's like, and it's so funny that that's the moment that they all kind of come back come to ground, back. like ground zero. Where exactly. Like, we're, we're okay again. And, and the, the thing is, is that I like the fact that, um, I mean, everybody had their moment and was quiet, but it's the fact that, Everybody gave respect to the other person while they were telling their story and stayed quiet. Right. You got to hear everything they were saying. It wasn't talking back and forth, you, you know, for the most part. But mm -hmm. uh, Claire and, and um, uh, John, John no, oh, um, I'm sorry. Claire and uh, Brian kind of did there for a second, but it was okay, mostly yeah. him talking. Right. But it was the fact that, like I said, they all gave each other respect and just sat and listened to what the other person had to say. Now, and then responded. So in your opinion, do you think that that was because at that point they had earned the respect of them or just because they wanted to know, which I, I don't, think um, that, I don't think that either one is wrong, but it's interesting. Cause it's like, what, like, you know, why were they all quiet? Because they shouldn't have been throughout the day. Like, you know, they couldn't gel for the majority. And now all of a sudden it's like, they finally reached this point where it was like, let's just talk. You I, know? I think, I think it was probably more so in the fact of curiosity, yeah. And being like, because you have to think having, having a school, like they don't really know each other because buddy, we went to like very small schools, It's astronomical, very small, small yeah. schools. So like guys, I graduated with like 80 people, like that's like one <laughs> class for them. So like, you know, yeah. they're in a school with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids. So I think they were interested in the fact of, well, no, what is Andrew like? Yeah. Okay. Well, we already got John. Okay. Well, what's up with Claire? Like, let me just figure this out. Like, they were almost like, like, I guess, studying them. But I think also a level of respect was already there because the day was pretty much over at that point. It was like, 
towards right. like ha- like halfway through the movie, like they'd already done all the bullshit at the beginning, you know, like this was where it was kind of like coming to an end almost and like giving you that like sail out. But I don't know, like that was something that always stuck with me too, was just the fact that they all just were quiet yeah. and heard each other's story and let them just give their, give their like whole uh, background or whatever it is. So, yeah. yeah. So what I also think is interesting is that when Brian brings up the, you know, like what's going to happen to us on Monday, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, and when Claire's like, are we still friends? And that's the first time that that word is ever brought up. Are yeah. we still friends? And she is honest. And I love the way that John, you are a bitch. Well, it's like, like he yeah. probably has every reason to hate every single one of them. But this day in that moment, like he's still responding how John Bender would, mm-hmm. but now it's justified. Like he is righteously angry for sure. Like, Cause you know how fucked up it is to do that to somebody. Yep. And like, and then the whole thing of like, okay, like are you going to bring Allison with you to one of your like heavy, heavy metal, metal parties? vomit parties? Yeah, yeah. It's just like all this stuff. And like, you can see him kind of have that moment of like, fuck what I, and then, or, or the fact that you would just say that we were doing it, you know, to, so they wouldn't make fun of you or whatever. Like, you know, right. and you're right. He has that moment of like, oh shit. And that's when you find out Allison's like, well, I don't have any friends. So right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wouldn't the opportunity matter. to even do that to you. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it breaks my heart because in a way I I've tried to process this movie since last night and I've thought about it a lot. And what did really like truly what did Monday look like for these people? And I have two schools of thought is that maybe this is the day that changed all of their lives. And they were, you know, they truly like did change like who they were and like, you know, Allison and uh, uh, Andrew, you know, did start holding hands in halls and started like going on dates and things like that. And Claire and John included, but there's a part of me that is thinking realistically. And it really does make me wonder if anything would have changed. Like what if this detention was literally just a small like portion of their lives where they did get that reality check and they got to see it. But the second that they were back into their groove, it all melted away. And it's again, I don't know if that's just me being a pessimist or whatever, I but mean, it's like, I, I just, I'm really curious as to what their relationships looked like on Monday. Yeah. I, and I, and I think that's a valid question. It's just the fact that the, the way that it, I feel the way that it went about on everything, like, you know, the way Andrew was looking at Allison, you know, even when she stole the patch off of his coat and she even like showed it to him and all she's this still her like, it's right. She's still quirky. But yeah. he, he was like gazing into her eyes. Like he found somebody and even the dad like did the double take like, Oh fuck. Who was that? You know, like he, he could tell, Yeah, you know, uh, Claire giving John the, the diamond earring. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like their relationships changed. And I think that, you know, with the fact of Brian kind of being still like the oddball out, if you will, mm-hmm. um, he was still probably just one of those. They probably gave nods to, you know, whatever said hi. But like, the, I don't know that they wouldn't necessarily like hung out with him all the time. So like that is kind of interesting. But right. I feel like that they all kind of pretty much had a little bit of a different uh, approach at school anymore because, well, they're kind of all dating now. So yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah, but that's interesting that you kind of think like that it was like, fuck, what did happen? Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we've 
watch like you know on tv when it will give like the fun facts and stuff and it like i mean some of the stuff is really depressing but it's like you know john hughes talking about like where he thinks all the characters like mm-hmm. would end up and things and you know specifically john you know like his story doesn't exactly end well like at all in mm-hmm. that idea but it's just i don't know if it was just because of that influence like knowing that john or that john hughes said that about bender like but in the same hand it's just like man like that's something that has stayed with me since we've watched it, where it was like, you know, again, I say it a lot, but to me, these are real flesh and blood people Mm -hmm. and they are just, you know, they're kind enough to allow these actors to step into their shoes and to show them, you know, essentially this is what this would be like, and you're going to show it in the best way. And this movie is special. It is platinum in the grand scheme of all the elements of movies, because it is so uniquely itself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of movies borrow from all of like, you know, the different tropes or things like that. Like not that the things weren't done before, but the breakfast club set a bar. They did. And it did something that I think should remain untouched. The, so, but before but, we go, before yeah. we go into that, yeah, first of all, don't fuck it up and redo it ever. Yeah. Just don't. But they actually kind of did do something it was iCarly mm-hmm. had kind of like a weird spinoff that they did. I just remember it was years ago because one of my exes, uh, her daughter used to watch the show, but I remember going, wait, this is the breakfast club. Like this, like down to like the scenarios that were happening. Yeah. I was like, okay, <clears throat> but yeah. that was different. That was like a show that was like, you know, kind of like paying homage a little bit or just like poking fun. Don't redo the movie. And no. if you do, Kyle made a good point earlier. Okay. TV executives, movie executives. Like we know them personally. Everybody that pulls the strings (laughs) in the back to make all the cinematic stuff happen. If you are going to redo the breakfast club for whatever dumbass reason, what you need to do is I think that people may disagree with this, but I think that you should change some characters. And what I mean is, is that, we have, you know, these six or seven people that are thrown into detention and they represent everything that was normal at that point. Sure. And I think that if you were to take that lens of today, you would have the jock. You would have, you know, the the prissy girl. You would have yep. the brain. You would have the troublemaker. You would have, you know, like, like all these things. I'm not necessarily worried about that. What I hope that if they do this is that they focus on the fact that all of them have their phones. They're all looking at different things. Like maybe Bender's on the bleachers looking at porn mm. or like, or he's mm. like, you know, or listening to music and like, just like rocking out doing his thing. Or Brian is reading the newest thing from Bill Gates or something. And then you have like, like ever like we get small little windows. Like, we, like the, the content doesn't matter. They are all on their phones. They get into detention. They have eight hours that they like, cool. Like I'll just play Pac-Man or I'll do this or I'll, I'll scroll yeah. Facebook. And immediately, maybe it's probably the moment that like it, everything explodes when all the phones get taken away. Now, all of these kids from, from the generation that is here now, they now have to suffer throughout the rest of the day without their phones. Right. And it forces them to have to talk to each other and it yeah. forces all of that stuff. I think that they're, 
there could be a compelling story to tell there if you were to try to touch this, which number one, again, it's like remaking Jaws. You just don't do it. Like they did it so right the first time. <laughs> but man, like I just, I think the Breakfast Club is big enough that if it were to show up again in cinema and be something you know new for the younger audience that's not seen it, that it probably could rock them. And in a way, it probably could cut a lot deeper. And it could do something mm. where it's like, nah, dude, like, cause I mean, there's the whole idea of, you know, just like, if like when a trans character is thrown into a movie and people immediately are like, oh my God, this is, it's like, well, no, dude, this is a part of our yes, the generation right, that's here now. Right. There are people that identify with this, whether or not you think it is stupid or not, this is something that is here. And that could, and it's, it could, you know, potentially be something like that. Yeah. Right. It's, I think that there's honestly, I think that if you did it properly, because there's even like some moments in the film, like with like my cousin Kent, or I mean my cousin Kendall, like, you know, so it's like, there was kind of like some things in there, like, you know, like they were very self-aware of that topic and that thing, but it was never shown because that wasn't really, I guess you could say socially acceptable right, at that right. point or whatever. But there is just, there is so much that could be done with it that I think that I would actually be very interested where I'd be like, all right, who's directing it. All right. Who wrote the script? All right, like, who do they get to play all these characters? Who do they get this? Like, the sad part is we know that nothing is sacred. But it still, you know, has the ability where it's like things can be done right. And even, yeah. if, even if they were to get it 80% right, it's better than them just, you know, throwing something together and, like, just being like, okay, like, we made the Breakfast Club and then, like, we, like, you know, we removed all of the heartfelt scenes. Like, if you don't have a moment in the remake of all of them having that power circle... And they're all just broken. And like, they're talking about, it, it doesn't home. work. No, it's, it it's doesn't like, work. It's, it's the moment that truly shows who they are. And it's the right. main, the main point in my opinion of the entire film is they're all the same, right? They are all the same. You, you, all it, you, you realize, yeah, they're all, cause that's what, one of my favorite lines that I've used for all my life is when Andrew was like, well, what's bizarre. Like we're all a little bizarre. <laughs> Some people are just better at hiding it. Yeah. And it's like, that's the truth. That's the absolute truth. Like everybody's got their weird things or their things that they like or that they do or whatever it might be. But like, you know, you don't just tell everybody or whatever it is. Like there's things that like people probably don't know about you or that don't know about me or whatever it is. Right. It's like everybody has that thing. And that's where I think they all realized when he said that, where it was like, he's right. Yeah. You know, he can't get an F. You know, she doesn't have sex, you know, yeah. or whatever, like, but you're the prissy girl and all this stuff. But like, regardless of what is it, they, they all, yeah, they all realized, fuck, how, how do we not realize this mm -hmm. essentially? Like, how do we not understand that we can talk to another person, even though he's a jock, but he's going to understand just like he did with Allison. Yeah. What did they do to you? Yeah. And it's just like, wow, man, when you take that second to just step back from the scenario and look at everything you go whoa how did i miss all this yeah so and I, I think that's when they just all realize that for sure i gotta say that um taking in this movie as a kid and as an adult i definitely had two very different perspectives of course and i think that what i hold so close to my heart with this movie is the way that it really did affect me and you know all these memories of, you know, my school years coming back and, you know, the friends that I, that I had at that point, the friends I no longer talk to the friends mm -hmm. I've lost, you know, whether it is to to addiction or if it's like for like anything else, like 
The Breakfast Club to me is special because it is so real. And it's something that I think that every young teenager should watch. I think, I think that it's it's something where it's like almost kind of like how they say that everybody needs to work retail for a couple of years. Like, nah, dude, if you're in high school, fast you need, food. Yeah, you need to work fast food and you need to watch The Breakfast Club. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, that's that would that's what's going to help you understand essentially how the real world really works. Because, man, sure. like, I know that there's been plenty of people in my life that I have interacted with that I have made assumptions as we all do. We judge everybody within the first few seconds of seeing them and this movie does nothing but completely shatter that and it doesn't just shatter it into a million pieces it does it into a billion like you cannot put any of that back together once once like everything is done like you could rebuild another sculpture that's very close but there's going to be damage and there's going to yeah. be things that are very prevalent that have shown themselves and it's this this movie is so important and i know this is, was a different kind of podcast in a way like where we're focusing on a specific movie but if you guys have been watching up to this point and if you've enjoyed it, please let us know if you like this kind of content. We're talking about doing one for The Birdcage, <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> one of the best Robin Williams and Nathan Lane movies I think that Hands it down. has ever been made. And uh, we just, we love movies. We talk about them all the time. And this was us giving you guys a little bit of a window into something that yeah. we just absolutely uh, love and adore. So uh, I really hope you guys have enjoyed the conversation. We're going to wrap things up here. So uh, Eric, as always, is there anything that you would like to tell the audience, whether it is relevant to the episode or anything that's uh, that's happened tonight or just anything you'd like them to know? Um, no, uh, not really. Other than watch our shit. Cheers. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you. Love you all. See you next time.